Welcome to this week's Gig News, your go-to podcast covering the latest news, trends, and viral posts from the delivery and rideshare sectors of the gig economy. Now, let's turn it over to your hosts, professional gig workers Chad, the gig economist, and Hannibal is hungry. Hey, welcome to this week's Gig News with me, Chad, the economist. Hannibal is hungry as always, and we got a special guest host, co-host this week. Brian Instacart Bulldog, fresh off his uh, interview on Wednesday. What's going yeah. on, hey, guys? He's like back to back. He was here a couple of days ago. Now he's back. He's awesome, huh? Yeah, no John- kidding, right? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. John McKillian's here already. Let's go, boys. Is he saying, like, <laughs> let's go, like a team? Or is he like, let's go, let's get this show started? Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of that Simpsons where... Uh, they go like the isotopes game, and Homer hate, hates it, and he's just like, "Hurry up and lose so we can get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully for for John, it's hurry up and win. So we're yeah. gonna we're gonna knock this one out of the park. Yeah, I'm usually hurry up and wait. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a very interesting week with Instacart. I, I it was it, going all the way back to my my first pros and cons of Instacart video from like two or three years ago. I said. With Instacart, it is feast or famine. Either you are just balling out of control or you are freaking pauper. So like Friday, I did 200 bucks in like six hours. And today I did 119 in eight hours. But And then like Thursday, I did like 40 bucks. And then Wednesday, I did like 100 bucks in three hours. And then uh, Monday, or well, I didn't, I didn't work Monday. But Tuesday, I actually did really well for a Tuesday. So uh, very crazy week. And actually... Something that happened to me is going to be a story that we're going to talk about, um, but we'll get to that in a minute. So, Brian, how's your week going? Uh, it's been a terrible week. It's actually been my worst week in earnings in the past year. It, it really, really has. It's been bad. Uh, Instacart has been almost non-existent. I had a big goose egg today, and it was <laughs> promo day where you do those you know, uh, $50 uh, guaranteed earnings for five batches. I didn't land a one. I just did Grubhub all afternoon and did pretty good. Now, uh, I did work Saturday, which may be a point of discussion here later, but I <laughs> uh, did do that, and I, I did quite well. So, so you, between that and Uber Eats. I did you it had a, well. You had a bad hours. week across all the apps or just on Instacart? Uh, mostly on Instacart. The, the, it was the food delivery apps that pretty much saved my butt this week. So I, I did okay, but even those were a little slow at times. <laughs> so, you know, that's why I say overall, my this is the worst week in a year that I've had. Wow. What about you, Hannibal? Oh, you know me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I actually spent a lot of time editing videos that had nothing. Mm. Well, Maybe not be uh, related to gig work, but kind of because YouTube is is a gig uh, for some of us. Yeah, it's um, a 1099 job. In- interesting enough, on Saturday, I turned on the Instacart app. I had no in- intentions of um, using it because I don't really do Instacart in my area. I didn't see a batch for hours to a point where I forgot my app was still, the shopper app was still on. <laughs> so I didn't get, I didn't see anything. So if that means it was so busy. Or is actually work like whatever strike that happened, but yeah. uh, I realized that in my area, Instacart is so saturated. I didn't see a, I didn't see anything for hours. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. normal, and I'm gonna make a video about that hopefully this week. So, speaking of Instacart, well, this is kind of a uh, 
rehash of last week, but yesterday was the uh, Instacart strike. This is from TechCrunch.com. Uh, Instacart shopper. I-, I like how they say activists, not Instacart shoppers. Instacart shopper activists are going on strike. They want better wages and transparent communication with the company. Um, there was some uh, interesting notes on here. That uh, I, I like this. That somebody like me did a spreadsheet of their earnings. Although I wish they had asked for my spreadsheets. This is something. <laughs> so like, where this person figure out their earnings per hour, but earnings per hour is like a W two mentality. Like they should be going by how much they made per batch or hour. You know how, how much they made per day and all that stuff. So and I think they <laughs> th- they interviewed Jen on the go on here some at some point because it just said Jen. Yeah, and if you look in there, it does say she asked for her last name to be kept private because for fear of retaliation. Yeah, I read that article, too, earlier this week. Yeah, so um, not much to add that we didn't talk about two weeks ago, but whenever we we do these strike stories, I'm just going to bring up the fact, um, since we've been doing this show, this is the third strike that we've covered. There was an Uber and Lyft strike like a month or two ago, and then like there was the DoorDash Day of Rest that Valdestat started. Did either of those change anything? No. And this one, supposedly, is supposed to be an ongoing strike, not just a day of rest. So I'll be curious to see if it has any impact. But um, it's funny, on Twitter, I, I should bring this up, but on Twitter, I tweeted at Gig Workers Collective. I said, you will all be back to work within a week. <laughs> so... Uh, Brian, your thoughts. I'll give you the floor. All right. Well, I did work yesterday, and uh, it was quite evident that there was no strike in my area. The area probably had even more shoppers than usual because I actually moved to a different zone that typically does well for me on the weekends. And I had to battle for the bigger dollar batches. It was uh, it, they, they were flying off the screen faster than they ever have in that area. So it seemed to me, and I did see a lot of uh, faces that I hadn't normally seen. So uh, really the strike was ignored completely around here. Um, for me, I made the conscious decision to work on several factors. One, I've got bills to pay. And two, I'm just not on board with all the demands that they're making. And in fact, I have a serious problem with their first demand, which is a separate issue of sorts, but still interconnected with all this. And that's asking their customers to delete the app. And I happen to disagree with that because the customers that would give a hoot about us shoppers are the ones who are great tippers. And the ones who don't care about us are those low tip, no tip customers. And so you're basically chasing away my bread and butter that I depend on. And I've got a problem with that. So I can't be on board with that. Whoops, sorry. I'm talking on mute. It's okay. <laughs> no, I'm it's saying I'll right. turn it over to Hannibal now. Yeah, um, I I understand what uh, what you're saying, Brian. The, the delete Instacart movement seems very desperate, but I think, um, and I would like to talk to Gig Worker Collective because, you know, Jen has talked to um, at least two representatives. They, mm-hmm. they don't seem like they're stupid. They don't seem like they're necessarily, they're just frustrated and they're in a group and they're organizing to try to see if they can make some kind of change. 
But I think the reason why it's not going to work, um, I know, I'm sure you guys keep up with the labor reports. Four million people quit their jobs last month. People are not looking to do the kind of jobs we kind of everyone wants to do, like those W-2 jobs. They don't want those jobs. They want these gig jobs. We complain about them a lot, but they're still the work that people rather do than do the W-2 stuff. So is it possible to get enough people, enough shoppers to stop working? It don't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon. Interesting enough, I think, Chad, you started Instacart because of this, right? Or you started back on Instacart because of yeah. the stuff that was happening, right? Like, you did, you weren't doing Instacart before this, before to talk about the strike and whatnot. No, I've been doing Instacart since 2018. No, I no, quit. no. You were doing, you were doing, you, I mean, right now, like, you were doing the Amazon Flex, you were doing, you were doing those blocks. But did right. you went back on Instacart when, when, when that, that whole strike stuff was talked about? Um, I've never, except for that one time, two years ago when there was a strike, mm-hmm. I was like, yes, I'm going to participate. I mean, it's only like one day though. Mm-hmm. And then like, it was like on a Saturday, which like this one was. And then on the following Monday, they announced they were getting rid of the $3 quality bonus. Oh, okay. And I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that was a productive strike. <laughs> Unintended consequences. Um, yeah, look, look and I don't, I, I certainly you know, have have great respect for those who who participated in the strike and those who advocated for it, you know, because everybody's heart is in the right place. I have no question about that. And I don't question anybody's motives in this. Um, But, you know, Hannibal, I mean, you've you've said it, you know, just a few seconds ago and you've I've heard you say things before that, you know, yeah. Are they effective? No, um, not really. I, I got on board of Instacart in March of 2020 specifically because they were talking about a strike back (laughs) then. And I said, great opportunity for me. And (laughs) there I came on and I've been on ever since. And yes, it's got its ups and downs. Yes. There are things that are frustrating as all heck like that. God awful punishing rating system from hell, you know, uh, certainly, you know, there, there's a lot of agreement there, but yeah, uh, effectiveness, hmm, not really. Not not when there's a certain attractiveness to wanting to be your own boss. Getting out of that, um, uh, you know, micromanaging workspace, which is what I say, the things that attracted me to gig work to begin with. I don't have to do phone calls. I don't have to do emails. I don't have to do meetings. And my car is my office and nobody is allowed in it. That's what <laughs> I love about it. I hear that. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we can, we've kind of beat this horse to death that was dead. I don't know, but um, (laughs) I don't know. I just kind of like dunking on strikers and stuff like that. But um, well, I mean, if they're serious about striking though, is that a strike is not a one day thing. It's you don't go back to work until, you know, either your demands are met or you, you know, compromise on something. But uh, I'll be curious to see, you know, this results in anything, but I don't really, I, I don't really believe in it. Speaking of Instacart, um, so this is something that happened to me. And I was like, how can something that happened to me, how can I make this like newsworthy? So I just, I put it on Reddit. And um, so I'm just going to read this verbatim. This is, this is me writing. So it'll be in my own voice here. Uh, here we go. So what would you do in this situation? So this is one of the weirdest orders I've ever received. It was a $17 payout for one item at Publix. It was a little $10 vase of flowers, Voss, 
when I saw it in the queue, I jumped on it because it was short mileage and one item, and I was in the store parking lot at the time. I knew I could knock it out in 15 minutes. And then here is the delivery note. There is a company going there and ask for this girl's name. If it is possible, write a note saying, buckle up, this is X-rated, folks. The best pussy ever. And if they ask who send it, just say your boyfriend, no more explanations, please, and thank you. Don't say you are an Instacart shopper. So I buy the flowers and swipe to start delivering. Then I see the attached note that I just read. I usually check the delivery notes before I start shopping, but I figured there couldn't be too much complexity in a simple flower delivery, right? Anyway, as soon as I check out, the customer starts messaging me through the app, asking if I saw his delivery note, and is really insistent that I write what he wrote. At first, I start making excuses that there's not enough room on the tag to write it. You can sort of see it in a sec. I'll show you. He says, there's room, write it. At the time, I'm thinking this is a present to his girlfriend, and it's just a body in-joke. Then I realize he keeps telling me to say it's from her boyfriend and not from him. At the time, I was like, if you're her boyfriend, won't she figure it out? Now I'm really worried because I've already committed to this delivery. I know if you cancel an order after you've checked out, your account is put on 24-hour suspension, and I didn't want that to happen, obviously. I'm also still naively thinking that this is the customer's girlfriend, and if I don't write what he wrote, he's obviously going to ask her about it, and if she tells him she just received flowers with no note, he's going to revoke his tip and or rate me one star, and that's something I can't risk either. It didn't, sorry, it should say it, not I. It didn't occur to me until after the delivery that this dude was probably this woman's ex, and he's some kind of nut job stalker or something. Anyway, I write the best ever, and I take a picture with my thumb on the tag where the P word would be, and I send it to him, but I also take the picture deliberately blurry. He keeps writing back, I can't see what you wrote. When I arrive at the recipient's office and hand her the flowers, she doesn't really say anything. She's just confused and seemingly annoyed. Every other time I've delivered flowers, the woman, yes, it's always a woman, receiving them is always excited and happy to get them. I'm actually surprised he didn't just throw them in the trash immediately. In retrospect, I should have written what he wanted, sent him a picture, and tossed it in the trash, so I would have got my $20 tip. After all, he didn't ask for a picture of her with the note, just that I had written it. And then here is a message within the app. He said, if you do that, I'm going to increase your tip from $10 to $20. It has enough space. And you can sort of see the tag right there, but... Anyway, as of now, the original $10 tip is still there, and I didn't receive a lousy... Actually, that's not true. Uh, though there's still 13 more days for that window to close. I contacted the support after delivery and told them to look at the conversation with the customer as it seems very fishy. They said they would document the situation. And then, so this was an update this morning. I woke up, crazy stalker dude reported his entire order missing and one-starred me. Oddly enough, he didn't revoke his $10 tip. Guess he waited more than 24 hours. I, of course, contacted Instacart immediately, and they said they're aware of the situation, and they'll take care of it. Sure, they will. Supposedly, the customer's account in this particular order has been flagged. Maybe someday that one star will be purged, but until then, I'm sitting at a 4.85 rating. Ugh. And uh, there's quite a few responses on here. And, I mean, there's no real hilarious ones, but um, it's people who didn't, like, read the whole thing. So I'll throw it. I'll throw it over to you guys. Um, I, I'll say that I screwed up by not reading the delivery notes before I started shopping because I had read them before. I did a I started video shopping. on that. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's my number one Instacart tip: is always read the delivery notes before you start shopping because then it's like because people will put in there like I only want paper bags or I only want plastic bags or you know something like that. Which, Don't ring uh, the doorbell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, you'll see that on the way, but. Um, 
I, it just didn't occur to me. I kept thinking that this was to his girlfriend, and it didn't occur to me until afterwards. Like, oh, it's this dude's like some stalker, and I just enabled a stalker or a jerk at the very least. So I don't know. Would you would you have risked it and just be like, you know what, cancel and then take the twenty four hour ban or the. Well, yeah, Brian, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> you're, okay. more, you're more of the <laughs> I mean, Instacart, you're the Instacart uh, expert here. Tell me what you would do, because that's the question. I don't know. Thanks. Yeah, what would you do in this situation? Yeah. Uh, you know, hindsight's got twenty twenty vision. If I was in your situation, Chad, I can't say I would have handled it. Uh, yeah, I, the way I would say I'm going to tell people to do it right now, and that is the first thing you should really do is just stop everything when you notice that, even though you've already checked out. I probably would have just stopped and reached out to support. That would give me time while you're waiting to talk to an agent to think, okay, what would what would be the best thing to do at this point? And then let the agent figure out, let them call the shots on it. Because uh, that 24-hour soft ban is a real fear. And that is a problem that Instacart has in you know pushing you, you know, great shoppers, veteran shoppers, ex- even more experienced than me, um, to do these kinds of things into into these god awful situations. Let me just say, puts us in these god awful situations, and you know, our judgment sometimes gets clouded because we have all these fears. Just like you said, customer could reduce the tip, could hit you with a one star, which has dramatic long term effects on our ability to earn. And then you have um, the potential 24-hour soft ban, which you get nothing for the next 24 hours. I've been fortunate to not ever get hit with that 24-hour soft ban. And I I have had to cancel orders after delivery, usually because of a non-responsive customer on those hand-to-customer orders. Or the customer tells me after the fact, oh, why are you going to be here so soon? I'm not going to be in town until 4, 5, 9 o'clock tonight. And yeah, you know, luckily those orders have been canceled without any detrimental effect to me. Whether that would have happened to you or not, you don't know. It's a crapshoot because I've heard from people who have gotten that 24-hour soft ban. So I think my advice would be, and this is probably, and I think I would have done this, just stop in your tracks, contact support, and then figure out what to do from there. Because, you know, writing it, I know what you did, Chad, and I'm not you know, second guessing you or anything like that. You did the best that you could, you know, in, in your experienced mind, imagine this happening to a rookie, right? Somebody who's on their, you know, 20th order maybe. And you know, what do you do? Yeah. That's, that's the sad thing. I, I would just say, stop, reach out to support. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's a good, that's probably a good way of approaching it. Anytime you are dealing with some kind of order instructions that just seems to put you in an uncomfortable space, you're doing something which is clearly inappropriate. Well, you know, either if that's, that is your girlfriend or his wife, you're making some gesture, you're not saying something very romantic, you're trying to be gross. On top of that, you know, that's not our business. So I think definitely you should definitely contact support. But Chad just got, you know, sometimes I use my dog reference, you know, I take care of dogs. Sometimes you can just step in poop and it doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter how you start your day. You could have done everything right. You're going to step in poop. And I don't you know, that, that situation that's between a, hard, a rock and a hard place. I don't know. <laughs> you try to get paid. 
You already took the order. You already went through all this nonsense. And now you got to deal with some weirdo. It just seems like it's just the luck of the draw. And hopefully they, they take that um that one star down because that's could yeah. you know good thing chat has like 15,000 apps but what if someone <laughs> who didn't have all those apps you put them in a hard yeah. space because we mm-hmm. know how terrible the Instacart rating system is yeah it's they yeah. said when i chat when i talked with support this morning they said it, it's going to disappear trust us so i guess yeah I mean, right yeah, yeah. In, in about 5 months sure yeah. after it cycles out yeah then it'll disappear so yeah. you just would you just keep harassing them like let's say for instance that you know Instacart was one of your main apps to use it is would you? Yeah. Well, I'm saying like you, you can go on. Is it a good idea to continue to press uh, support? Like, hey, um, yeah. you, know, you told me yes. this was supposed to change, and nothing's happened yet. Yeah, I mean, I always take screenshots. Like, when it's set a, up to a, to the next tier, go to a tier three agent yeah. or something like that. Yeah, they always say they take a ticket out and they send it to the trust and safety team, but well, they never a black get back hole. to you. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, there's a. I, waiting list. I mean, it's like by the time they get to your case, it's already been cycled out or resolved or whatever. So, uh, I wanted to put that on Reddit. So I don't know if Steve's still watching or uh, Jason Terry at Gig Comedy. If other podcasts want to talk about this, like because we talk about viral Reddit posts and TikTok videos and stuff, and I was like, maybe maybe some other podcasters want to talk about. It. I thought it was pretty funny. When I, also I did put it my, on Facebook, when I Go did ahead. my video on reading the notes. Um, yeah, I I had about a seventy percent success rate of reading notes up to that point. Then I, after producing that video and following my own advice, I'm probably about a ninety five percent success rate on reading the notes. But I'm not one hundred percent yet. So th- this yeah. right here, if nothing else does, it is going to be this story that you're talking about that gets me to do it one hundred percent of the time <laughs> yeah. before I even get out of the car. <laughs> It's funny because I usually like those flower deliveries because you know you're about to make somebody's day. Especially Felix? Like, oh, please. I got a Felix order one time. I canceled that that's what, real um, fast. People in on the uh in the in the Reddit said they they said Felix, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, I this got dude one of those. I dropped me. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well anyway, that guy what? will smoke a turd on judgment day. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's move on. We got we're talking about Instacart's rival shipped. So it's businessinsider.com. Ship CEO plans to save the holidays from supply chain chaos by breaking a cardinal rule of personal shopping apps. Uh, let's see here. Ship CEO Kelly Caruso is anticipating some empty shelves this holiday season, and she's not alone. Retailers are moving up Black Friday deals and trying to warn consumers about shipment delays caused by manufacturing slowdowns, port congestion, and labor shortages. The challenge is especially keen for app-driven personal shopping services like Ship and Instacart. Tech delivery... Timelines and empty shelves are a bad combination for both shoppers and consumers. The stakes for each ship, uh, each sale ship facilitates are getting higher this holiday season. The company is in the midst of an expansion with several new retailers, blah, blah, blah. When a requested item isn't available, shoppers have to find a replacement and hope they don't get a bad review that can affect their future work. Consumers who don't pick a backup choice have to accept a substitution chosen, chosen by the shopper or sacrifice part of the order. But Caruso has a plan to mitigate the fallout, and it breaks the rules most of her tech-driven competitors live by. Part of the usual business model for personal shopper platforms is to build a tech so that training is minimized and algorithms help when something doesn't go to plan. If a product is out of stock, the app suggests another. Gig economy positions turn over quickly. Caruso instead doubled down on ship scopper skills to handle missing inventory. We believe that technology without the human element is going is is not going to be relevant, she told Insider. 
And so we really look for shoppers that know how to shop, understand the difference of a brown banana versus a yellow banana. She also thinks to win, SHIP will need to make sure shoppers don't become a commodity. The plan comes alongside alongside SHIP's expansion beyond groceries, bringing a wider array of products for shoppers to learn. Um, so basically, it just... Um, she's saying, you know, we're just going to go with the shoppers best judgment here. I don't think this is exactly like bombshell news, but it's nice to see that compared, especially compared to Instacart when, uh, shipped executives get in the media, it's, it's usually good news, you know? So, (laughs) (laughs) well, they probably have a better PR team. Yeah. Or just that the shipped shoppers don't hate shipped as much as Instacart shoppers do. They don't, and I I talk to them too. I see them in the stores. I make I make nice with them, and they're like, "Oh, you're in the competition. Why are you talking to me?" <laughs> like we're in we're in it for the same reason. You're just trying to make money. You're just using a different platform than me. That doesn't bother me any bit. And then yeah, we would end up helping each other out in the store sometimes because ship doesn't do aisle numbers unless they're target orders, but they don't do aisle numbers in Publix orders. So they may be looking around for something, and just like I may be looking for something around in a target store i see a ship shopper oh by the way where where's this section oh it's over there oh okay thanks so no it's it's a it is a different um environment so to speak i don't do many shipped orders because i despise their tipping policy because every order is potentially a no tip order and i just don't do those at all they're they're post delivery tips right yeah now here so every order is a gamble then it is. And and here's here's the pattern that I've developed. Target orders, less than 50% of those tip. Uh, Publix orders, I'd say about three quarters of them do. And Winn-Dixie orders, 100% uh, rate of tipping on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, it's very interesting. And I did have this conversation with a shipped customer. I did one of their promo orders because when they start throwing ridiculous money at open orders, I'll take it, uh, especially if everything else is slow. And the customer was wondering where her wine order was. And uh, I said, well, I'm working on it right now. I've run into another issue here in the store because something wasn't right with the barcodes and checking out process. She says, well, I threw $20 on the, on the app so I can get this done fast. I said, I don't see those tips before uh, I complete delivery. I don't see them when I accept the orders. Oh, and wow. boy, did she learn something about the process <laughs> then. So she's throwing money up $20 for a bottle of wine, you know, for a tip, expecting it to get there fast, and we don't even see it. So I know, that customer backfires on ships. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. what DoorDash does, isn't it, Hannibal? Yeah. That is very interesting. That's very interesting. You know, you, I, I oh, go ahead. have you used shipped as a customer, Hannibal? No, I signed up for Shipped, haven't used it, and have never used it as a customer. So I don't, I'm not familiar too much about the differences between Shipped and Instacart from what you guys are saying. But, you know, the article that um, you brought up, Chad, you know, nothing mm-hmm. mind blowing, is nothing like, you know, earth shattering. It looks like what you have to do to survive what's going on right now. Cause the supply chain thing is a big deal. I don't know if you guys, I'm, I'm sure you guys are, um, are familiar with it, but the audience, you should definitely mm-hmm. check the news. Um, Shop early if you can for the hot. Not a. I don't think it's a. You know, sometimes it's those conspiracy theories like a, a hurricane, and if like you know the people and the meteorologist is trying to scare people to go to the grocery stores to buy a bunch of things for no reason. Like it's not like that. Like this supply thing is a big deal. Um, inflation is a big deal. 
there's certain th- supplies from electronics. A lot of stuff is not going to be available. So it makes sense to shop as early as possible. And Shipt is just trying to, you know, navigate those waters and do it a little bit better than Instacart where, you know, tons of problems over there. But the idea mm-hmm. of, yes, you want shoppers to be in control of, hey, if this is if this is not available, let's figure out something that can satisfy the customer. So obviously, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, and I think I, I, the CEO takes the right track here, Chad, in that it's the personal touch, you know, focusing on that because they're doing the same thing that Instacart does. But when you start spinning it for that personal touch, which is true, you know, mm-hmm. we shoppers, we care to make sure that the customer gets everything they need. And, um, you know, that, that, that's how it goes. Now, Ship does one thing else that uh, Instacart does not do and let their customers request a certain shopper oh yeah i wish yeah i remember that that story yeah well i like that i I was gonna say i agree with the the thing that caught my eye on that story was that she just straight up said hey supply chain shortages are coming and every other company is acting like this isn't gonna happen Mm -hmm. you know um and i've been telling my customers that too like because a lot of stuff is out of stock especially like after three or four o'clock like aldi's the worst like i just did two aldi's before the show well like between like five and seven and like half of all produce is gone half of all meat is gone half of all dairy is gone and i feel bad for the customer because i had to like substitute half their well it's never literally half but it feels like half you know like if you just if you have if you have substitute like two items in a row you're like i'm substituting the entire order and it's like no it's only two out of 30 but because you um, want to get them all of them, you want you want to have that yeah. feeling of you're knocking, you're getting the exact yeah. items, and if if one is off, mm-hmm. it does mess with you a little bit. All right, so let's switch gears a little to uh, our favorite delivery app. DoorDash and Uber Eats are still eating Grubhub's lunch. Trading up update from Grubhub's Amsterdam-based parent might spook U.S. food delivery investors, but it shouldn't. So this is from the Wall Street Journal. Um, this is kind of a, an investment story, but uh, I'm just going to get a quick overview here. So on Wednesday, the new parent company of Grubhub Amsterdam-based JustEatTakeaway.com, also known as Jet, provided a third-quarter trading update while several countries grew, showed su- showed stellar growth. Grubhub's business looked disappointing, setting a negative <clears throat> tone ahead of third-quarter earnings for DoorDash and the Uber technology of Uber Technologies. One conclusion is that Grubhub's trend signal an industry-wide slowdown for food delivery in the U.S., you think? <laughs> More likely, Grubhub's pain is its competitor's gain. So there's a, a, a cool, I love charts here. So third quarter, year-over-year total order growth in JustEatTakeaway.com market. So 51%. Look at the U.K. compared to the U.S. 51% to what, 3%? 3%. Yeah. They're doing pretty good, I guess, in, uh, you know, Germany, Canada, Netherlands. Uh, Jet said total orders grew just 3% year over year in the third quarter in the U.S. where Grubhub operates. That compares with 51% in the U.K., Jet's fastest growing segment. The results suggest that Grubhub, once the U.S. food delivery leader, could be losing further ground. You think? <laughs> Back in August, Jet reported that the total orders and gross transaction value of the U.S. grew 27% and 19% respectively in the first half of the year compared to the same period of 2020. And... Uh, so here is uh, share price performance over the past three months. I mean, you can see DoorDash definitely uh, surging way over Uber Eats. And you can see it's funny. Just Eat Takeaway, or Grubhub's parent company, was holding 
pretty well there in August, and it's just taken a nosedive ever since. So, um, yeah, I know this isn't CNBC.com, but um, <laughs> I, I do I do find the the investment news interesting when it comes to this, especially everybody's been talking DoorDash like all year. So I I don't invest in any of these companies. Maybe I should just you know just to have like one share or so, but. Um, Brian, I, I, I don't know if you invest or not, but what was your takeaway from this? You know, I, I'll just talk from personal experience, uh, Uber Eats and Grubhub. I do, I don't do DoorDash. So I, yeah, cause I'm on a waiting list for DoorDash, but, um, uh, I don't know. I think Grubhub is the dominant player in this market. So I guess the overall with Grubhub being down low, probably is a nationwide thing. So, uh, but around here it's, it's fairly strong. What do you think, Hannibal? I'm interested in how long will Just Eat keep Grubhub on the U.S. side until they just sell off? Like, if things continue to look bad, will they just... Cause I don't know, they're, they're trying to expand to different territories. It's all the other uh, apps are doing, like with DoorDash going to Japan. But I'm interested in how long they're going to take this beating. <laughs> I mean, um, and it's interesting. We all... I mean, I personally like Grubhub. It's the one that's the kind of most transparent. It just... The only problem with Grubhub, they kind of want you to drive really, really far to do yeah. orders. But the payouts are pretty good, especially in the big city. So I'm wondering, I think Grubhub, I think they do pretty well in New York City. So I don't know if they're doing a really good with the big uh, markets like, you know, L.A. or whatever. But they're probably doing pretty well here. I'm assuming Grubhub is probably slow and everywhere else. So I'm just wondering how long they will take to continue doing this if it's just not working and they're hemorrhaging money. Now, how long are they here for? Are they here for a long term or not? Yeah, I think Grubhub is like the MySpace to DoorDash's Facebook or something. You know, like they were. That's a perfect. They analogy. had like over a fifty yeah. percent market share <laughs> at one point, and it's just mm-hmm. taken a nosedive since. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I don't think Grubhub is in it to win it. In fact, I don't know how like Waiter, Bite Squad, all like these little ones. I don't know how they get by. I've never used Grubhub as a customer. I like Uber Eats and DoorDash as a customer. I've never even bothered to try Grubhub. Like they threw me a promo. Grub, Grubhub does well here. It. It does well here in New York City because they have a lot of the small eats restaurants, a lot of small mm-hmm. area uh, spots. So yeah, I'm sure Grubhub has all the bigger restaurants. But when you want like a really good um, Mexican food or some of like the Asian spots, um. New York and Grubhub is connect pretty well. I guess they just probably spent a lot of time in this market. I think this is from DC Gig Worker Twenty One. I think Grubhub will be an option for Dutch customers when they come Pronoun- to USA. Pro- pro- pronounce that. Pronounce that other word that he just Dutch customers of. Soysberzorgid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. Uh, that's like Icelandic. We go, we're gonna take it. We're gonna take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Have you ever mm. used Grubhub as a customer, Brian? No, no. I know, it's I, like my do- my my seventeen year old daughter uses the food delivery apps as a customer. Not me. I just deliver on them. <laughs> just make the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that's like um, there's an app called Seamless. You probably guys don't have that. That was a big um app that's in New York City. Grubhub brought that. So or DoorDash was it DoorDash? One of those two. But a lot of those like caviar with DoorDash bought um supposed to be more upscale food stuff. So I think that's how Grubhub is surviving at this moment. But usually the payouts are, are better than DoorDash. Again, in my market. Yeah. 
Um, are they paying their labor too much money? Because, you know, DoorDash is not trying to pay the labor a lot of money. So, you know, is the business model working? It doesn't seem like it is. It all could come down to corporate leadership too, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'll give you an example. T-Mobile. Years ago, 10 years ago, the company was a laughing stock in the uh, cellular industry. Today, it's kicking everybody's butt. So there you go. And, it, and that was because they brought in a leader, John Ledger, who turned the company around, did the, you know, shook the industry up, you know, with the no contract plans and the like. And, you know, uh, and, and then he, he retired within the past year and his new CEO was his protege and they're taking it to another level. So really it comes into a corporate mentality and uh, I, I forget which one of you guys said it. Are they in it to win it? And yeah, that, that that's corporate mm-hmm. culture right there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good point. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, this seems like a good place to take our first break. As always, I haven't seen Gary Middleton in chat. I don't know if he's watching or not, but this is a driver's utility helper. Uh, highly recommend it. If, if you have an Android phone, if you do DoorDash, this is a free app that you need, although you can upgrade to the uh, premium uh, app. So we'll be right back in 30 seconds. Are you a DoorDash delivery driver? Would you like to be safer and less stressed while driving and earn more at the same time? The Driver's Utility Helper app allows you to do just that. Create custom filters and its automated system does the work for you, automatically declining unwanted low-paying requests and accepting more profitable requests so you can focus on driving. Visit acceptordecline.com to get started today. All right, so let's move on. This is from smallbiztrends.com. And this is just an infographic, but it's a uh, I thought it was really interesting. Let me see if I can zoom in a little more here. All right, so this is how the global pandemic transformed the gig economy. In 2020, the gig economy grew 33%, expanding 8.25 times faster than the US economy as a whole. There's gig work by the numbers. In the last six years, gig economy has doubled in size. 1.1 billion gig workers worldwide, 55 million in the U.S. 2 million Americans tried gig work for the first time in 2020. That doesn't surprise me at all. By 2027, almost half the U.S. population will have engaged in gig work. The monumental effects of COVID-19. 14% unemployment during the pandemic. 12% of the U.S. workforce picked up gig work for the for first time. 59% of freelancers saw a dip in income. Yep. 17% saw no payments from clients or contractors. Delivery is one of the fastest growing gig verticals, expected to reach a total value of $200 billion by 2025, growing at a rate of 10.3% each year. Full-time drivers make almost $50,000 a year. Why delivery services became popular. Countrywide lockdowns prevented travel. Yep. Concerns about the outbreak kept people indoors. Restaurants limited capacity. Gig workers... A gig work offers more than food delivery, ride hailing, Uber Lyft, food and groceries, DoorDash, Uber Eats, retail products, Instacart, running errands, TaskRabbit. Can the gig economy provide a living wage? Um, let's go to the future of gig work. Four in five U.S. companies are planning to increase their use of gig workers. 50% of all organizations have already done so. 70% of gig workers find work through digital platforms. 65% believe a diverse clientele provides more job security than a full-time job. Gig work is here to stay. It produces almost 6% of the American GDP. And what does it say? At least seven major categories. 
Uh, and then how to break into a gig economy. Well, actually, we probably shouldn't show that. <laughs> way to have <laughs> is an easy way to try out the gig world. Um, so I think this is actually an ad for, I think this all, this whole thing was an ad for wagedev.com. So, uh, yeah, pretty interesting infographic. I don't think there's anything on there that I'm skeptical of or whatever. So what do you think? Uh, yeah, basically the gig, the gig economy is going to take over the world at one point or another. It's just, we're all going to be a part of it. In one way or the other, and it's going to be more of, you know, what works for the individual person compared to, you know, how it probably was much easier a couple of years ago where you was able to make a living uh, very, very easily. It seems like it's not going to be, it's going to be more competition. It's going mm-hmm. to be more, you know, we call it saturation, but it's going to be more competition. And it's going to be all types of different kinds of uh, gig work, which we kind of, you know, in this space, we concentrate on delivery but there's so much stuff, you know, there's on the infographic There's home services, pet care, um, automotive stuff, computer service, like whatever skill sets you have, you can leverage that to make money. Uh, and these with whatever gig app you can kind of find. So it's not just food delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, you can expand on it because I, I actually uh, did a video uh, when I was talking about car insurance <laughs> and I touched on the number of gig workers that are out there and I was blown away by it. Uh, by what percentage of the uh, U.S. labor force is gig work. Now, gig work is a widely defined term, and, and you touched on it, Hannibal. Uh, you know, the dog walkers, it could be piano teachers, uh, could be people who do their own painting, you know, house painting, whatever, as, a, as extra income. These are all counted as gig workers. Now, when you look at that, but even among the, the gig work that, you know, we all talk about right here, uh, there's still growing opportunities, more opportunities for that. So, yeah, I think gig work is definitely here to stay. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's get a little bit of a lighter. Well, it's sort of a lighter story. This is from, from Mashed.com. We've, I've used this site like two or three times now. i got to check this place out. <laughs> Chick-fil-A is sued by customers yet again over its delivery. Is it fair for a fast food chain to have two prices for the exact same item, one for pickup and a higher price for delivery without telling its customers? That's the question at the center of two lawsuits filed against Chick-fil-A in recent months. The first lawsuit filed in California uh, court in March but moved to federal court in May accuses the chicken chain of false advertising according to legal news wa- newsline. Per the lawsuit, Chick-fil-A lets customers know upfront that it will charge you $3.99 if you want your food delivered a service the chain has offered since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, but so far, so good. The plaintiffs who filed the lawsuit claim Chick-fil-A also marks up the price of its menu offerings for customers who opt for delivery. This markup is a problem the plaintiffs assert. They claim it makes Chick-fil-A's delivery fee deceptive. And then it says they conducted their own experiment all that. So, uh, I mean, the question of the article, is it fair to charge two separate prices? And I think, yeah. And I think, I don't think any of these, like, Gig app or like DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, Instacart, especially when you go shopping, it'll say, well, I know on Instacart, it'll say prices higher than in store. And it's like, of course they're going to chart. Well, I see this is against Chick-fil-A and not DoorDash, Grubhub or Uber Eats. So like if you order, if you op- like, you know, they have the white label service where you can actually order Chick-fil-A to be delivered straight through the Chick-fil-A app, which I've tried to do many times and it, I don't know why. But I cannot, I cannot order Chick Fil A to be delivered through Chick Fil A app. I have to use 
uh, DoorDash or Uber Eats. I don't, I don't get it. Cause it, in the Chick-fil-A app, it says you're outside the delivery zone. So, but not like they're literally right next door to Chipotle and I can order through the Chipotle app and they'll deliver it. I mean, they just farm it out to DoorDash, but, um, I don't know. What I do think, you guys think? Is it fair to charge two separate prices? I think or do the they key, need to make that up front. The key is disclosure. Just disclose yeah. it right up front. Instacart does it. People just continue to to use the service. And yeah, you know, I just served one customer. It was like her 338th order on Instacart. So as long as you disclose it, people won't get mm-hmm. too upset about it. What do you think, Hannibal? Life isn't fair. I mean, if it was fair, yes, you would <laughs> let me know. Why should it be more expensive? Shouldn't it be all the same price? But I understand why restaurants are doing it. They're trying to offset a lot of this stuff. But just what Brian says, you want to be open. But why? you don't want to be open. You want to have and spend a little bit more. And they have to get the food delivered. But it would it would be nice, especially when I would go on my app and I look at the prices for the burger uh, spot that's downstairs, like literally that's downstairs. And then I look at the prices on the app and I look at and I go into the store, I look at the menu. I'm like, why is like, what's going on here? Like, why is a dollar extra for everything? It's I, I understand it from my and I, you know, us a respectable gig worker, but if you're a customer, yeah, you, you, know, you want to let people know. And I think Instacart, for the few things that we do, praise the company. When you go on Instacart, it says price is higher than in store. So it gives you that that mm-hmm. I that choice. You can go to the store and get it yourself, or you can pay a little bit more to have it delivered. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, will this be, you know, how far will litigation go on this? I doubt it's going to go very far at all. But, hey, it's a good shot to do it. It's a PR uh, tactic. Maybe it will force some change on it. I don't know. I can tell you this. This isn't a problem that's just unique to food delivery. This is also a problem in the retail world and has been for years uh, when you take out the even when you take out the delivery component. Uh, Target, for example, I do most of my uh, purchasing of Target products online because they are cheaper than what's in the (laughs) store oftentimes. And I did this one time. I went into the store. I already knew what the price was when I went into the store and I saw it on the shelf and it was a buck fifty more. And I needed like two or three of these things. And I said, you know what? I'm going to order it right here. I'm standing <laughs> in the aisle in front of it, ordered it. I'll pick it up. I sat in the front of the store, watched the shop person go shop it, bring it out. And then I got the text message. Your order is ready. I just walked right up to the courtesy booth and said, okay, I'm here. <laughs> That that is that is a dictionary definition of a loss leader. You know, they got a yeah. sale, but they sold it at a loss. So yeah. if uh, if if one legal story isn't, we got how, how about two back to back here? This is from lawyersandsettlements.com. dot com. A loss and a win, sort of, for Grubhub drivers. Uh, so this is from uh, on September 20th, the Ninth Circuit partially dismissed, partially upheld, and remanded back to the district court. Uh, Grubhub drivers claim that he was owed back wages and other remedies under the California Labor Code and related wage orders. Rafe Lawson versus Grubhub is a complicated decision, but there's some positive news for gig workers who allege that they're misclassified as independent contractors. The bad news is that Lawson's lawsuit cannot proceed as a class action. This is not automatically fatal, but it may be impractical for him to pursue the, his claim. Good news is that Prop 22 does not necessarily prohibit the retroactive application of the ABC test for determining who is an independent contractor. Uh, so let's just go over this real quick. For the first four months from late 2015 to early 2016, Lawson worked for Grubhub delivering food in Los Angeles, 
Grubhub classified him as an independent contractor rather than an employee. He sued Grubhub, arguing that he had been misclassified, that he should have been treated as an employee. He alleged California labor code, blah, blah, blah. And then in 2018, District Court for Northern District of California determined under the rules uh, of Borrello versus Department of Industrial Relations, the, the standard in effect. Lawson was an independent contractor. District Court also denied him a class action certification. Lawson appealed to the Ninth Circuit. Um, so I'm not going to read this whole thing, but this um, this is a, a theme we've been talking on since the start of this show, is that of the whole argument of whether gig workers really are independent contractors or employees or something else. Hannibal, you actually you made a video about this the other day, right? About yes. Are we uh, really independent contractors? Yeah, because I uh, was watching Jen on the go's interview with one of the representatives from the Gig Workers Collective and how she kind of explained the, you know, the textbook definition. And I know you you had a comment in the, uh, probably had the best comment in the video about, this is just we're using outdated terminology to discuss the current 2021 situation for us gig workers where yeah we're not we're not fitting in the employee bracket or the basket or the independent contractor bracket you know it depends on the kind of work you're doing but if you are exclusively using DoorDash Uber Eats whatever what have you we're stuck in this weird area uh Pedro called like the gray area and um, and it takes it's going to take the lawmakers to, well, lawmakers to define it, unfortunately, and uh, define what exactly, what are we? Because right now we're just going back and forth. And I'll be honest, most of us are probably just employees, <laughs> right? I mean, the way we think, the way we operate. And I think a lot of us, especially people who check out this channel, check out your channel, um, you know, we're more of an independent contractor. A lot of it's, it's, yeah, it's a law, you know, in terms of the law and what our rules are, but a lot of it's a mindset. It's kind of like a idea of I'm not going to be beholden to one app or another. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what do you, th- you think, Brian? Well, I, I watched your video on that uh, today, as a matter of fact, Hannibal. And, uh, you know, you raised some good questions. And, uh, yeah, and, and you're featuring uh, Jen on the go <laughs> with her, her interview there. And also, Pedro did talk about this. I watched him do a video on this several weeks ago yeah. uh, on this exact topic. For me, that's something that's going to have to be litigated or legislated. And I really would like to hear a lawyer's perspective on this. And, you know, again, it's going to take litigation usually to, you know, through a whole bunch of appellate court processes. Um, what sometimes it can come down to as well is the IRS. Now, a lot of, and this is an age old problem actually, where companies would take what is traditionally employee work and then make it independent contractor work. The IRS takes a very dim view on that. So, mm. you know, there that's another tool that, that can also be used against these companies that are using a lot of independent contractor work. Yeah, oh. I mean, we're going to see a lot of stuff like this, especially like with the whole Prop 22 thing. I mean, it's not fully settled yet. And then we've been talking about Massachusetts has their own version of Prop 22 that's uh, being worked out. Right, It's not going to be on the ballot till next year, but... Um, a lot of things are going to happen. And I think it's going to be years before the dust settles. But I, if I had to make a prediction, I think the U.S. will eventually um, go the way of England where they're going to create some kind of third category of worker or you know, app-based worker or, or smart worker or something like that because these laws written in the 30s don't really apply. But 
Yeah, and it's funny because like we're employees, but we also but we set our own hours and we can go on and off whenever we want. But I don't know. It's I mean we could argue about that till the cows come home. So uh, yeah, <laughs> let, let's move on. Um, now actually we got a we got a triple uh, a trifecta of legal stuff here. Three legal stories in a row. That's why I put them in this order. This is from USA Today. Massachusetts lawyer sues Amazon for false imprisonment over double parking. No, that is not him. It's just a black bear. A play this. It's just somebody's ring doorbell of a of a bear snatching their uh, Amazon package. It's I thought cute. that was my cat for a minute. I've got a cat that steals everything. That, that could have been in Florida, like where I live, like way over on the west side. There's a there's. Bears, oh, that says so. Connecticut. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is out of Massachusetts, Quincy. Massachusetts lawyer is suing the online retailer Amazon, alleging false imprisonment. Let me see if I can zoom in here. There we go. After he was blocked in by one of the company's delivery drivers for two to three minutes while he was working as a rideshare driver, Matthew Donnelly is asking a judge to award him $150,000 for the loss of his freedom of mobility and for anxiety and humiliation. Donnelly, who was representing himself in the lawsuit, said in court documents that he picked up a rider at a restaurant in Falmouth. Is it Fal- Falmouth? <laughs> Falmouth. Yeah. It's funny if it's Falmouth. That's, if you ever met anyone uh, from Boston. Um, it was about to back out, back out when an Amazon delivery van pulled in behind him. Donnelly got out of his car and tried to confront the driver who told him to wait a few minutes. Most of the parking lot was empty, Donnelly said in court documents. A second delivery person who was in the passenger seat and Dolly asked him to move the van. The man refused and told Dolly to wait, he said in court documents. And so two or three minutes later, the driver driver walked out of a restaurant. Dolly told him he was going to file a complaint, he said in court documents. And he sure did if he's actually suing. The delivery driver told Donnelly that their boss wouldn't care and mocked him as they left the parking lot. He's suing the two delivery employees for a civil conspiracy to commit an unlawful act, Amazon for its liability, and Amazon f- and the two employees for false imprisonment. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but I don't know if that counts as false imprisonment. I don't know how you're going to claim that you got $150,000 worth of damages out of that. I mean, he might get two grand as, as a settlement or Where's 500 Judge bucks. Judy? Yeah. We're, you know, we love it. Is, I mean, I do love living in this country, but man, there's certain things you see and you're like, what other country in the world would you could do that? Like, be waste your time. Like, talk about first you know, world problems. A first world war problem. I'm gonna waste my time to sue because I had two jerks. Like those are all right. Those are jerks. <laughs> you gotta move on. Like wh- why are you wasting your time and to inconvenience you for two minutes? You know, <sighs> and, yeah. and, I, and I would be annoyed. Like I'm not gonna say what they did was something I'll be like. I'll be annoyed. Probably be upset about it. Complain about it to somebody else. But then after maybe a you know hour, it's, I just let it go. Like you gotta move on with your life. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Is me, I'd be calling the sheriff's nut. office on him. Yeah, that that would be me. It's like, hey, these guys aren't moving out of my yeah, way. I yeah, gotta go. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'd be calling, you know, sheriff's office. Hey, send a deputy out here. Let's take care of that. If it was me, I probably would have grabbed my Amazon Flex uh, vest out of my car and showed him. Be like, hey, look, I'm an Amazon. Don't you know too. who I am? <laughs> come on, man. We're we're like Marines. You know, come on, Marines come on, brothers. Yeah, we're just brothers in arms here. What the hell? Yeah, yeah I mean, those yeah. Am- and it's interesting too about that's probably what maybe the second or third story you brought up. I never had a uh, a bad experience with any Amazon drivers. I don't know, you know, maybe just just like 
nothing special about Amazon drivers, especially just you're going to meet jerks no matter what. But it seems like this has been at least a second or third story where they're interacting in a negative way. I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's let's take a quick break here. So uh, we're, this is a, an ad for Maximo. If you're a rideshare driver, or actually, it's not just for rideshare. They also do um, like uh, Uber Eats and Grubhub on here. It's basically the same thing as a uh, driver's utility helper, but for more than just DoorDash. So uh, we will be right back in. A Meet minute. Joe. He's a rideshare driver that drives for Uber and Lyft. Joe currently uses multiple phones to efficiently drive for Uber and Lyft. But this can be a pain at times and very unsafe. That was until Joe found Maximo, the rideshare app that automates Uber and Lyft ride requests. Maximo will use the filters set by Joe, like time, distance, and passenger rating, to determine which rides are best suited for Joe. When a ride request comes in, Joe doesn't need to worry. Maximo will automatically accept the ride request that matches his filters, and then turn off the app that isn't currently on a ride. Once Joe finishes the ride, Maximo will turn everything back on. This will allow Joe to focus more on his passengers and driving safe. Yep, so check out MaximoApp.com. All right, so this is an interesting story. This is out of Atlanta. This is a, a delivery driver. Uh, her car was stolen, s- seemingly in the suburbs, while she was just making a uh, uh, a drop off. So I'm gonna play that right now. It was just another day on the job for an Uber Eats driver until one quick food delivery changed everything for her. She says as soon as she got out of her car, a stranger jumped behind the wheel. And as good days, Denise Dillon reports, what happened next could have cost her her life. The driver told me she just reacted. She had just paid off her car a couple of months ago and was so angry that someone would try to steal it, she didn't even think about what she was doing. She just went after them. You never know how you're going to react. Uber Eats driver Veronica Vasquez-Ortiz says she had just dropped off an order at a home on this road in southeast Atlanta. She turned to go to leave when she saw a couple of men running toward her car. One of them got in the driver's seat. I saw up to be sure, be to, uh, screaming to him, that when I saw him get into the car and close the door, that's what I am start running. The homeowner shared this video with police and Vasquez Ortiz. She says she grabbed the man by the jacket and tried to hang on. He pushed her away and she fell on the pavement. The back wheel of her car narrowly missed her head as the man drove off. I know my life is first. And um, after I saw the video, uh, I know it was not a good decision. Police later found her car. It wasn't too far away. The door is damaged. Her purse and her identification and more than $1,500 in cash gone. I'm supposed to pay the mortgage and my son uh, college. She's bruised and scratched up. And she's been too afraid to take any more delivery gigs. Thanks God I'm alive, but um, the only thing that I can tell, tell uh, everybody who do delivery, please don't leave your door open. Uber says they do a lot of training with their drivers and constantly remind them to not leave their keys in the car when making deliveries. Vasquez Ortiz says she was running behind that day and thought she'd be okay since it would only take a minute to make that delivery. A mistake she'll never make again. Denise Stillen, Fox 5 News. 
All right. So I, I've never been to Atlanta. I don't know the neighborhood she was in, but just judging by that ring doorbell, I mean, it looks like a pretty normal suburb. It doesn't look like it's like the freaking, you know, concrete jungle, war-torn ghetto or whatever you want to call it. But I, you know, I deliver exclusively to the suburbs. Extremely, extremely rare. Once in a while on an Amazon block, I'll get to downtown Orlando. But um, I will sometimes, not always, some, once in a while, I'll leave the car running with the keys, you know, obviously keys in it. Um, I've, I've never, it's never occurred to me that, you know, I, that I would have a problem, but that's just the neighborhoods that I deliver in. Are you, have you guys ever left your car running while you're doing a delivery? Never. I always <laughs> shut it off and I take the keys with me. The keys are in one hand. The food bag is in the other every time for that reason. Yeah, because you just never know where trouble's going to find you. That's it. I also to take exception to to what Uber said that they are constantly reminding drivers not to leave their keys in their car. Uh, <laughs> it only happened once when I got my initial training. Haven't seen any reminders since, so that was a PR stunt from them. Uh, nobody's going to steal your 2010 Ford Explorer that gets two miles to the gallon. You, you kidding <laughs> with, with the with the price of used cars today? <laughs> Holy crap, man! I think someone would take that in a minute. <laughs> Hannibal, I know um, you're in New York City, so it's like a totally different animal there. But um, I I just don't get it. Like uh, you're on mute, Hannibal. Sorry. Oh, no wonder. Uh, yeah, I would definitely. This times I've been lazy, and but I'm pretty familiar with my surroundings, so I know what neighborhood I am in. But I would say nine. I would say eighty percent of the time, um, I am I am turning off the car and locking the door. Um, you know why? Because all these stories. This happens all the time. There's always a story where people are getting carjacked. They're getting, they're getting. You know, and the problem is. You let when you let your guard down, that's when it happens. Um, usually if I'm even if I'm keeping a car running, I'm not my door isn't opened and I'm walking away. Like at least the door is closed, at least I have the hatches on. Um, you know, my Jeep has some tinted windows, so that, you know, at least it'd be an idea if maybe someone is in this car. So she was very, very lax in her and how she was performing that job. And that's probably not the first time she'd done that. And that's a painful lesson that she has to deal with. Um, that was all sorts of safety problems. Like leave your door open. I mean, it, it just seems like, and that's about fifteen hundred dollars is missing out of her, her uh, stuff. So that's a painful lesson she had to endure. Yeah, I would say don't keep fifteen hundred dollars in cash in your car. Don't keep any valuables in your car that, like, that's what I do. It's like anything that's in my car is like something that I'm I can afford to lose. I mean, true. Mostly my my catering bags and like you know stuff for delivery and stuff. But I don't keep. I think the most valuable thing in there right now might be my vaccination record. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep it in the car, like I'm going to have to show it, like somewhere. But I, I mean, this is Florida. You know, I was just going to say, this is Florida. You yeah. don't have that. There's like rules and laws and executive orders against that kind of stuff. But um, here, here's another thing too for anybody who's still, even after seeing this, uh, thinks that oh yeah, I'll just keep the car running with the yeah, or just leave the keys in it, even if they shut it off. Insurance companies can deny you a claim in certain circumstances, or at least I know uh, some policies will. They will not pay out your claim if your car is stolen when you have the keys inside of it. Facts. Mm. 
Uh, I should have brought it up, but there's a, a YouTube channel called Engineering Explained. It's a it's a really really popular channel. I don't I don't I don't watch it that often, but they have a video. It's from a few years ago, and it said they were just doing the science of is it better to turn your car off or leave it idling, and they said. It's only worth it if you idle for seven seconds or less. If you're going to be out of the car for more than seven seconds, it's better to cut the engine. Uh, so that's oh, that's just from a nerdy scientific perspective there. So speaking of uh, engineering and nerdy stuff, this is from zigwheels.com. Korean designers have come up with a unique solution to solve transit damage to food. A gyroscope enhanced delivery box. And you can see it right here. Actually, let me zoom down here. You can see it's the delivery box. It's inside a gyroscope, so that when they're on a motorcycle or a bicycle or whatever, it's not going to tilt. They're not going to tip over. It's just going to stay level. We all hate it when our food gets damaged in transit. Mangled pizza to form birthday cakes. Really, we don't deliver cakes that much. Split soup. It's a messy, annoying problem that affects both the delivery rider and the customer. With that in mind, Korean designers. This person, this person, <laughs> have come up with a rather novel solution. A gyroscope-enhanced delivery container for Uber Eats delivery scooters called the Uber Balance. The delivery can- container is mounted into a three-axis gyroscope. As the scooter tilts while changing direction, the gyroscope helps minimize sudden direc- directional changes to the delivery container, thus keeping its context- contents intact. The container is lockable and heat-proof, too, so your food is delivered the way the restaurant wants it to. Of course, the vertical shocks due to Road un- undulations will still have to be handled by the scooter shock absorbers. Um, nobody in here does scooter or bike delivery, but I, I'm going to give this product two thumbs up. How much does that cost? I know that's. Uh, it looks as expensive as the as the scooter. <laughs> it doesn't say. I think and who maybe pays still for that? Beta test right now, but that's that's. It's a pretty cool invention. Yes, they should send like a thousand of them to test in New York City streets. This it's the mm-hmm. it's so like the roads are beat up to death, yeah. and I'm seeing you know they're on scooters bouncing up and down. So those are especially in, the, in really terrible uh, urban areas. Those are, will be very valuable. Brian, have you ever considered doing delivery on a bike or a scooter? Like you could <laughs> actually go on that, I that, have. Uh, <laughs> on that uh, the vacation strip there, where it's just all hotels. You could probably just do bike deliveries from the mom and pop restaurants to the resorts. If, if it was a more concentrated area, like uh, like New York City, would make sense. But you know, around here, uh, not so much. <laughs> at least from a time perspective, when you look at you know how far you have to go, and then you, you finish that delivery and head back to wherever and get your next order. Yeah, I don't think I'd be making my my hourly rate. <laughs> By the way, on the break, I, I poured a beer. This is a Goose Island Bourbon County 2020. It is a very strong Imperial Stout. One of my all-time favorite beers, but it's it's a 14.6% ABV. There you go. There it is. Yep. Have really, fun. really good. Well, I'm glad you're doing it in the second half of the show. I can imagine you yeah. getting schnockered halfway through. <laughs> I know. I get all. It's like I get tongue tied when I'm stone sober. Like, <laughs> so. All right, let's. I, I think now you're every, gonna make me go grab my Yingling. Darn it! Yeah, yeah. Oh, you see, they have a Yingling chocolate porter made with Hershey's chocolate. Yeah, my wife uh, sent me a picture of that, and I went, "Not interested." Mm. I was gonna say we. It's all lighthearted stories from here but we still have okay this one is a bit of a uh 
has a serious tone to it. So again, from businessinsider.com, DoorDash seized a pilot program to deliver free rape kits to college students. Here's the inside story. Uh, so since mid August, about half a million college students have been able to go online, order a free rape kit, and have it delivered by DoorDash driver within two hours, wrapped in a discreet paper bag. Two hours? It should be like 30 minutes, right? But insiders mm-hmm. learned that crucial DoorDash employees, including the legal and communication teams, were unaware of the pilot program. Once they discovered it, the program was immediately suspended by a company. Stanley Tang, I wonder if he's related to Jeff Tang from uh, Para. DoorDash's co-founder <laughs> helped mm-hmm. arrange the program himself af- after investing in Lita Health, Lita Health, the startup that makes the kits. Uh, Lita Health is on a mission to make rape kits more accessible, its founders say, but its at-home rape kit produ- product has been the subject of a lot of controversy. I'm not going to click that link. DoorDash has said the startup was using its fulfillment centers for storage and its drivers for delivery, but the rape kits weren't listed on DoorDash's app and could only be ordered through Lita Health's website. The startup absorbed the cost of the kits, making them free to students. But DoorDash and Lita Health confirmed Insider that since the pilot program launched, a small number of kits have been delivered. And it says some DoorDash execs had no idea. This this story goes on quite a ways, but um, yeah, I'm, it's hard to make a joke out of here. And I don't even know exactly what a rape kit is. I, isn't it like a DNA collection kind of thing? It's, it's like yeah. an evidence collection kind of thing, yeah. W- which I would have – my first question when I saw this story was uh, – um, yeah, what's the legal ramifications, obviously, not only for DoorDash, but also admissibility of the evidence mm-hmm. in any court proceeding, which is why I think, yeah, the, the prosecutors, uh, police, whatever, have their procedures. And there's probably a very good reason why they do. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a good point where, you know, it seems like it was a really good intention to start the program, but also, you know, to do do DoorDash wants to be liable for anything, that kind of thing. And also it seems like it, a lot, not a lot of those kits were ordered. Is it also a you know price thing, some money that DoorDash could rather use for other things. So it just seems like, the, and then also many of the people who are running the company or the execs didn't even know it was something that was even happening. So I just think it was like, you know, they're trying to cut, they're trying to cut everything. I mean, they're cutting our pay. So, you know, that a program that probably wasn't making any money, obviously, and it just put it, put it to the wayside. All right, so let's just take one more break. This is an ad for Mike Delivers Podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. Check him out if you're not already listening. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Mike Biseglia from the Mike Delivers Podcast. Check me out on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm an Uber Eats delivery driver, and what I do is I talk about my stories from the road, picking up food, dropping it off, guys coming out in their underwear, people coming out in their shower robe. If you're a gig economy driver, you know what it's been like. You know the deal. You know how it is out out there on the road. So I love to give my stories and my perspective. Check it on out. It's the Mike Delivers Podcast. Get it wherever pods are found. Yeah, I agree. Check it out. By the way, Brian, uh, if you want to make a a 30-second promo for your YouTube channel like that, Go ahead, and I will run it. In fact, any right. tubers out there, if you want to make Appreciate a 30-second promo for your channel or podcast, website, something like that, shoot it on over to me because, you know, we always need um, breaks, and it's, it would be nice to, to uh, change up the ads and stuff every once in a while. And actually, we do take paying ads as well. 
Um, but I am happy to promote instead of just um, I, I don't want to read copy. I'd much rather just run an ad, you know, where people say in their own words. So, Brian, you got 30 seconds. Sell the viewer on your channel. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I've been doing Instacart since March of 2020, and I've learned a lot along the way. I've got grocery store experience. I've worked for two of the best supermarkets in the entire industry. Both of them were based in New England. Big Y Supermarkets, Market Basket, just a shout out to them. Uh, I had supervisory experience in one of those jobs, and I bring all of that together with the uh, high level of customer service, as well as the passion for doing the gig and doing each shop and delivery correctly, and to help people get past that punishing rating system so they can avoid a lot of the pitfalls and learn from some of my mistakes, but also learn from what has made me successful to keep that five-star rating and to keep that income you know, going at record levels still. Because as I said before, there's a lot of opportunities still out there. The competition is fierce. Don't get me wrong. And it's still a bigger struggle. But there are things that you can do to stand out above the rest and keep your head above water. That was a little more than 30 seconds. <laughs> I was gonna say, Brian used I didn't to. He was in, to edit it down. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you're improvising. Brian was in radio for a yes. while, so I'm sure. Um, did you ever write ads or produce? I didn't ads? do that. That that was mostly done by the sales reps. I was mm-hmm. the one who would either voice the ads or produce them with the client, and that's where you do the editing and realize people can't write for crap. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on. Okay, I swear the last three stories are are a little more uh, levity or I don't know what other word I'm looking for here. So this is from so, Forbes. Well, C, by C stores, they mean convenience stores, not C explicit, you know. Thanks for the clarification. Because <laughs> they uh, corner well, stores, but yes, yeah. we, we get it. <laughs> well, convenience stores pave the way for robot delivery. This is something Hannibal and I talked about one of our first shows with the with the robot delivery. Uh, so a number of grocery stores and tech vendors have piloted delivery robots over the last few years, some autonomous, some remote controlled. Now, one company is looking at the convenience store space as the sweet spot. Robotic startup Tortoise, really? I'm going to call it Tortoise? It's expanding its footprint and will be furnishing 500 convenience stores nationwide with remote controlled delivery robots to facilitate same-day, last-mile delivery, according to TechCrunch. The company's delivery robots have already been leveraged through partnerships with grocery store chains, ShopRite, and tech-savvy hybrid grocery convenience store Choice Market in Denver. Uh, is Steve, if you're still watching, Denver. Retailers are in a food fight to lead with speed, wrote Brain Trust panelist Lisa Guller, content, content marketing strategist and online discussion last week with Retail Wire. In the near future, ultra-fast grocery delivery will be commonplace. Now, C stores need robots to keep their c- convenience advantage, and uh, this goes on. Uh, well, it goes on for two more paragraphs, but I, I lost interest already. So, <laughs> um, like I said, Hannibal and I have we've already covered like at least two of these robot delivery stories, like uh, Yandex, some Russian company, the Russian Google. They're doing a robot like on college campuses. And I don't, I don't I, I'm a little skeptical of this because this these little robots, I mean, how fast can they go? They look like like a little remote control car. And it only goes like what three five miles an hour, if that. And they're going to stick to the sidewalk. So it's like, how is that yeah, more convenient than that. 
than an actual human in a in a car. I, I don't get it. I'm interested in how many customers would rather have their food and whatever to be delivered by a robot than a human being. I would feel like there would be many customers who don't, you know, I think a lot of this contactless delivery is people are just not social anymore. They don't want to see a person's face. And I think a lot of them would opt for a robot. Now, how efficient a robot would be, I don't think very efficient at all. It has to be local. It has to be something small, college campuses. It has to be a, a very controlled environment. The idea this is going to happen in big cities like New York City, I just don't see it happening. It's just too much chaos. Too many things can happen to that poor robot just going down the street, someone doing something stupid. Um, you know, wait, yes, wait, they're, exactly. they're desperate. They're desperate to try to get you know to get rid of the labor. They don't want to pay anybody any money. But you know, this is not going to work for a very long time. But for us, not worry. We should not worry about our jobs at this point. That's what I was about to say, Brian. Are you worried about being replaced by robots? Not one bit. I like to try and see them try and do that around here with cars blocking uh, the sidewalks and and the tree roots that come up and push the sidewalks up. Or or better yet, try to get up someone's driveway or or walkway from the street to the doorstep. And when they have their garden hoses and children's play sets right in the walkway. Yeah, I want to see them navigate that. (laughs) That would be great to see. All right, let's let's move on. This is this is gonna be a really interesting. I swear this is real. This is from uprocks.com. Young Thug surprises Lyft drivers to play them his new album Punk. And this is a, a embedded YouTube video, so it's going by my s- subscription. And you can see we got UDM, there's two Pedro videos, Gig Tetris where, dude. Where is my video? Uh oh, another UDM. Tanner Markley. <laughs> Uh, Bridget Phetasy, and then something about some football. I don't know who this is. John's. I don't know who that is. Oh, this is a Tech Quickie. That's a good uh, Jackson Galaxy. uh, He's he does all things cats. So check him out. I don't know what this is. Uh. Um, I I'm 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 afraid if I play this, this video is going to get a uh, copyright strike. Yeah, yeah. Actually, if I play it through YouTube. Um, I don't think the viewers will hear the audio. I think just the three of us will. So um, YouTube won't hear it. So I'm just—it's only 42 seconds. I'm gonna play this real quick. Okay. Any day now. And yeah, that's a uh, a real promo, and it's a real uh, collaboration with Lyft. So let me just read a paragraph here or two. In the new promo spot for Lyft, Atlanta rapper Young Thug surprises a number of Lyft drivers, uh, uh, one, <laughs> playing them songs from his upcoming album Punk. In the opening of the clip, Thug shows off his sense of humor, reproducing the Twitter favorite meme of Thug in the studio with Lil Durk before heading outside to catch his ride. The various drivers are all shocked and amazed to find their writer is the world-famous rapper with one saying, some people call you the greatest ever. I'm starting to see why. Um, 
Yeah, so I have no idea who this person is, and that is a clearly um, Hollywood quality produ- produced commercial, and it's not a candid camera, you know, hidden camera theme. So I'm not yeah. buying that for a second. I I have no idea who this guy is, although I think Young Thug that is like the most generic rapper name ever, and Punk as the name of an album is very generic. It's like you got to come up with something more created than that. I mean, I've been out of the rap game, unless you count Beastie Boys, since like 1997. <laughs> you've been the out the rap, rap you've been you've been out the rap game since 1997? Yeah, the last rap album aside from Beastie oh, Boys that I listened to, I think it was Public Enemy's uh Music <laughs> in Our Mess Age. <laughs> I used to I was hardcore into rap when I was a kid. I love Run DMC, Public Enemy, yeah. That's, that's like 40 years ago, Chad. There's, some, there's some good stuff now. I mean, <laughs> Young Thug would not be. Oh, before we start, though, Brian, tell us your favorite Young Thug tracks. Tell us what you like. <laughs> <laughs> what, what Young Thug tracks you that you I just want to know your favorite. Oh, I just want to know his man. favorite rap. Just name your like a rap I, song I you actually like. I really like, can't. Uh, <laughs> not, not a rap, you're not a rapper? Not a rap fan? No, unfortunately. Not even not. like, uh, like not. Ice Ice I'm Baby. So uncultured. Or, uh, <laughs> Um, what's a can't touch this MC Hammer? Can't touch this. <laughs> yes, I mean '80s rap. I I, I can yeah. say this though, '80s rap was good stuff. That's all I remember. I agree. It. You know, it's funny. Like I think a lot of people, not a lot of people in the uh, chat know or familiar with Young Thug. I just went on uh, Spotify. He has over uh, 35 million monthly listeners, so he's actually a big deal. Um, his music, in my opinion, if you're gonna go by, you know, I love rap. I listen to it all the time. His he's he's for the kids. He's for a, young, a younger crowd that likes a lot of. They want to do a lot of heavy drugs and listen to rap. I think that's where he kind of fits that kind of heavy drug use, weird kind of you know, like weird melodies. Sometimes you don't don't understand what he's saying. Um, but you know, Lyft paid him a lot of money to advertise to them, and he puts out his album or whatever. That's just. You know, the influencer marketing thing. I think that's what's just going to happen all the time. But it's interesting that they're using Lyft. I'm sure Uber is going to come up with something, too. Another obscure rapper that you guys may not know about. But uh, that's that's what we that's what we are right now. <laughs> I love the comments. <laughs> yeah. I was really like behind the comments because I uh, the comments <laughs> banner, it said like the bubble on it with the number. Um, it said 18. I was like, oh, shit, I haven't looked at the comments in a minute. But I, at first, I thought there was a spam bot in there again. No, anyway. well, I mean, Young Thug could be your rap name was, was yeah. one of the recent ones. And there was one that said they were happy to see me on, so that's nice. Thanks. I, there's a website. <laughs> appreciate you. There's, it, there's a website called, like, Wu-Tang Nickname Generator or something. And <laughs> oh, jeez. I think I know this. Yeah, I mean, that would be kind of cool. Actually, I got to look at that. Yeah, because I was, uh, I don't know if you're listening to uh, Two Bears, One Cave with Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer. They mm. uh, they did it like a week or two ago. That's All right, sad. so we only got one. That's Sorry, there was no TikTok videos this week, but this is as close as we get. It's basically just a picture. And this is from the UK, too. So I'm going to read it in my best British voice. Delivery oh driver had car stuff full of parcels blocking view. Police had to intervene. <laughs> and you can see... The picture there. Police stopped a delivery. Uh, that's Australian. <laughs> Police stopped a delivery driver after finding their car stuffed to the brim with boxes blocking the windows. This actually looks like my car sometimes when I'm doing Amazon Flex package deliveries. Um, 
The Kurgers family car was filled up with cardboard boxes and packages ready to be delivered. I love how each sentence is a paragraph. But officers stepped in after seeing the parcels stacked inside the car, including in front of the front windscreen, windscreen, not windshield, leaving some customers without their expected deliveries. The driver was caught as part of a road safety operation in South End, Essex. That is a, a British town name I've ever heard one. Safer Road South, South End sent on Twitter, road safety event in Westcliff. Not sure if safety was this driver's mind this morning. Driver dealt with uh, Essex police. Someone will not be getting their next day delivery. Uh, and that's it. So, I mean, it's basically just a picture, and you can see. And, of course, it cracks me up. The cops in the UK, they wear these bright yellow vests. Um, I, I know you guys don't do Amazon Flex, but I do. And there have been times where my little Honda Fit, um, I, I I mean, I can always see out the windows, but there's been times, I wish I had the, actually, it's funny, I, have my, I just happen to have my dash cam right here, because I'm going to download some footage that I recorded today. Um, but uh, there have been times where, um, I mean, I can always see out the windows and everything, but it's it's been pretty close, but. That looks, um, that picture looks extreme, but I always, I. I you know what? I kept telling you I didn't think Amazon Flex was in my neighborhood, but apparently it is, and it was for a long time. I guess I just didn't ever. I, I guess I didn't get in because they're too busy, or you know they have a mm-hmm. full group. But I've have seen some cars where they're full, like it's packages all over the place, got in the back, and and I'm sure a lot of times they're blocking the point. They can't see. They can't see the back window, so that's not very safe. But I understand like Amazon got these packages. They're paying you, so you're just gonna stuff them all in your car, and you gotta keep it moving. But that one. That picture, that was insane. Like, how are you able to? How you drive? Like, how you drive the car? Okay, so he's only uh-huh. back there. Jeez. Well, but he should it, do not, some party city unusual. orders and get all those balloons. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got one of those one time. <laughs> that was great, and so did another ship shopper. It was yeah. the first and last time I took a party city order, and then we get to the customer's house, both of us there at the same time because they split the order up because they didn't want to put it, give us too many balloons. Yeah, well, it it <laughs> it blocked all our windows in both cars, and then the customer on the other end was a real crank about it too. So I was just like, ah, heck with you. I I, I said, here's your balloons. I'm out. <laughs> yeah yeah still in business john still in business <laughs> you know it's funny i was doing a delivery today um and have you have you ever has this ever happened to you where you get to a customer's house and there's another driver either from the same app you're on or a different app delivering at the exact same time so i was delivering an aldi order to this house in a gated community and a dude was just pulling out of the driveway and he had a huge empty or well not empty a full car cardboard box and he had just come from sam's club and the dude left the receipt in the in the box so and i i actually filmed it i'm not gonna show it right now but um uh he left the i grabbed the receipt i'm like no dude you can't give the the customer the receipt although i am assuming that he's an instacart driver or shipped or whatever but maybe he was just a task rabbit or something i don't know but um that happens to me every once in a while and it cracks me up i remember once I was doing an Uber Eats or a DoorDash order, and me and another driver, we got to the same restaurant at the same time, and they had two orders for the same person, but they were assigned to both of us. Like, one of us had, you know, we I had the entree, and he had the sides or something. Mm-hmm. So we actually, we instead of 
um, one of us forfeiting the order and give it to the other. We both drove to the customer's house at the same time, just following each other and just showed up at the same time. That was pretty fun. That was like one of my, that was way back in like 2019 or something. Um, anything ever like that ever, ever happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was pulling up to a customer's house and I was looking for the house number. So there was somebody riding my butt. So I moved over to let them pass and I'm like, okay, there's the house, but I'm going to let them go because I always back into a driveway. Well, she just dumped right into the driveway. I'm like, what the hell? And turns out she was another Instacart shopper. I was doing a Publix order. She was doing a BJ's order. And, uh, yeah, it was funny. And then the customer was non-responsive because it was a hand to customer on both our orders. Customer wasn't answering the door. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. She's like, well, I'm just going to leave it and walk away. I said, you do that, you'll get deactivated. And she's like, well, customer's not responding. I said, well, you have to follow the process in the app. And so I start the process. And then finally, one of us just said, you know what? Let's walk around the back of the, you know, the side of the house. And there's the customer right in the backyard the whole time. It's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm sorry. I left my phone in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so we all had a good laugh about it and moved on. But, yeah, yeah, I was trying to get into somebody's driveway. And she's like, no, I'm just going to go right in there, too. Yeah. <sighs> No, <laughs> no. Uh, the only the only time I've seen that is probably at the door. Like I got to the place and it was someone else with some other type of order, but not traveling from one location to the next. But yeah, I'm assuming when they try to buy certain things with different uh, apps, they're bounced around. But it's weird why they still do that, considering you can kind of get almost everything from one these apps, either groceries or alcohol or whatever. But, uh, you know, people want to do what they want to do. Yeah. In fact, I had another case where I was doing an Instacart order and uh, a Publix order and somebody else is doing an Instacart Sam's Club order. And we both arrived at the same time. And so we're all trying to pile the stuff up, you know, at the front door because it was a leave at door kind of thing. Uh, it was that that was a mess, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got I to gotta check this out. Somebody said. Uh, here it is. The twins is. Joe Gig just put up a video about you talking. Shh. I'll check that out. Um, yeah, he put he put a few of us. I think it's I don't know. I haven't watched the video. It, I think it uploaded when we're starting this uh, starting to show up. All right. Well, anybody got anything to plug for this coming week? Well, before I plug, make sure you take another. You know, the, the next day before you reply after drinking that. Chad, after watching Joe Kick's video, <laughs> before you, you know, before you reply, like maybe give it some some time to sleep it over, think about it before you reply. Um, for me, I just now, you know, how much I love Facebook, Chad. Mm-hmm. I want to finally download the app and go back on it again. So I have a a page for my channel. I'm gonna put the link in the. Can I, we'll put it right here, real sick. I got I'm a put it, hungry fan page. Yeah, fan. Oh, that sounds so weird. Not as a page. It's not a fan page, but yes, it's a page. I think I invited like you. Page. I page. A like page. Just like it. Um, I think I sent you one. Yeah, I'm gonna you know sit there and uh you know post more stuff on Facebook. My family is on there. My friends is on there. I don't have the app. I I hate Facebook, but it'll give me an excuse to go back on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, check it out. You have anything uh coming up this week, Hannibal or uh, Brian? Yeah, actually, I'm going to start working on a video right after this uh, about some changes that happened this weekend on Instacart's app, 
with the replacement options um, on Saturday, right in the middle of the day. Why do they always do updates in the middle of a day, especially on a busy day? And anyway, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> I, I, if I could ever figure that out, I'd probably make a lot more money than all y'all. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to do one about the replacements, how to recognize what the customer wants versus what Instacart is trying to push on you. And then I also have another one where I'm going to talk about leaving the delivery at the door. I'm just going to leave it right there. So uh, I'll have those rolling out in the next few days. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Um, I haven't, I, I should have made the the thumbnail, but so, and we haven't set a date and time yet, but I'm going to be interviewing, uh, Aaron Hoffman, he's the CEO of Deliver That, which is a uh, catering company. I made a video about them like two months ago. You did. Um, I watched that. That was a good one. Yeah. So he's the head honcho of the company. And so, but he can't do it Wednesday night. So we're either going to do it Tuesday afternoon or Thursday afternoon. Uh, hopefully Tuesday because I usually work on Thursday. So, um, yeah, that that's coming up, and the week after that. Uh, I also have uh, Driving Addict and Drive to Win 13, Jason Pease. Check out Driving Addict. He's on Instagram and he's on uh, YouTube. He He's a good Instagram follow because he makes like really short video. He, he does a lot of videos where he just shows like terrible orders. And uh, he did a video the other day on uh, YouTube. Actually, his, he's, uh, he's Vietnamese. His name is Van. And... He does Uber and Lyft, and he has like dash game footage where the the rider says, "Oh, I thought, oh, I thought this was a van." This is, and he's like, "No, no, my name is Van. But I drive a sedan. <laughs> I drive a sedan." And I said, "Dude, you got to change your name to Van the Sedan Man." You know, I mean, driving addict <laughs> is good too, but Van the Sedan Man that is a much catchier that is a much catchier name. I think I'll have to I'll have to agree. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to agree. I'll definitely check that out. <laughs> As always, if you guys have suggestions for uh, gig tubers or, you know, it does, they don't necessarily have to be gig. There's been people who are only on Instagram or Twitter that are good follows for gig content. Um, you know, uh, let me know if, uh, you know, you think they should be on the, uh, the show. John said, have you invited your driver? Yeah, I've invited him. Somebody doesn't want to work with anyone. Other, yeah, I agree. I've emailed him probably two or three times. I've messaged him through Instagram, and he he doesn't say no. He just never responds. So I don't know if he's not getting my messages or if he's just ignoring me. So, eh, it's his loss. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been going ninety four minutes, and uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm it, when we started the show, I was in a bad mood because I only made one hundred nineteen dollars today. Um, but, uh, this, uh, well, this I'm looking goose... we can kick you in the teeth a little harder. Yeah. This Goose Island <laughs> bourbon County style has really, uh, put me in good spirits and 14%. Um, yeah. I would assume so. <laughs> almost 15%, eh, 14.6. That's yeah. It's yeah. It's pretty strong. Well, go have a second one. You'll sleep well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually don't, I'm, you know, if I drink before, I, I mean, I have to drink like two or three of these, um, water bottles, um, Otherwise, I'll wake up at like five. That in the prevents morning. hangovers. Yeah, actually, I should get up. I'm going to take Learned tomorrow that off. In college, <laughs> but uh, I I run. I've I've gotten back in the habit of running, and so I'm running Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I've already started to lose weight, and I'm getting in better shape, and my my resting heart rate has come down. It was Good. like 66 beats per minute. Now it's like 59. Um, do you get the Asian glow? 
I don't, that sounds dirty, but I don't know what he means. But anyways, we're going really long. So thanks to uh, Brian, a.k.a. Instacart Bulldog, for being a guest co-host this week. Yes, Check out his channel. Too. i got a link in the description below. Just do a search for Instacart Bulldog. And uh, I interviewed him on Wednesday, so check that out. And, of course, check out Hannibal is Hungry, uh, my favorite channel aside from my own channel. <laughs> that guy right there. Yeah, yeah there he is. <laughs> I was going to say, Hannibal, Hannibal doesn't need to make a 30-second promo because he has this entire show to plug his show. So. <laughs> No, I, I I love watching you. I yeah. love watching you on here uh, every yeah. Sunday night. It's, it's, it's we're gonna cool. have to do good stuff. I, I he's had chill. Idea. That's what I like about him. He's just so chill, and 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 he's got good perspective on things. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate I had an idea for a show for uh, me and Brian and maybe Gig Mom or. Uh, oh uh, God! Uh, put her on. Yes. <laughs> well, I wanted to do everything. She's a riot. I wanted to do a live. Instacart Q and A session because when when uh, Brian was on on Wednesday, there was this huge chatter going on in the comments, which I wasn't really paying attention to, and it was just people asking questions about Instacart. And um, you know, I I I saw them. So if you had those messages, I did see them. I just I was more interested in Brian than the commenter. Sorry, but so I think we should do. I would love to do like at least three or four people, and especially not just dudes. Um, if we can get some female, I mean, I know Jen on the go would never do it, but, um, some female, uh, gig tubers who do Instacart will do like a live Q and a session and just anybody can just ask whatever they want about Instacart. And, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. They could get three or four different perspectives. We might not always, we might not even agree too. And the way it seemed like we got you, if it, you Gig Mom does it, Brian does it, and you, that's all in the same state too. So, you guys have a, like a you know yeah. Florida connection going on. Yeah, Brianna Pearson said, "I like March. I like watching Marley D. You should, yeah, I, I have contacted her. I haven't heard back yet. So, she's actually not too far from me. So, um, that'd be cool. And uh, Tanner and I, we keep trying to work out a date and time to hang out in real life. So, uh, hopefully, that's going to happen." Uh, this week or next. So yeah. Oh, you get. Oh, oh, you. Oh, just want one more. One more comment. You can invite <laughs> Tanner for his like one day of Instacart work. You know, like... yeah. <laughs> or actually show him how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody out there for watching. If you, I should have played this at the beginning of the show, but if you rather listen to the audio podcast instead of watch this for ninety eight minutes, um. You can download the audio podcast on any podcatcher. Just Google or, or do a search for The Gig 2 Podcast. Link in the description below. And, uh, yeah, so thanks again to Brian. Thanks again to Bill. Thanks to you guys out there for watching. We're going super long, and we will see you sometime this week. Or Go get them. Sunday. Yep. Go get them. Good All night, right. guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait, I got to do my – I got to do the outro. What am I doing here? Because you, you – Here we go. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Chad will be back in a few days interviewing a fellow gig worker, content creator, or an industry insider to discuss the world of the gig economy. Until then, keep hustling.